Ladies and gentlemen, Cardinal fans of all ages, welcome to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. I'm Chris Grace. I'll be your host, joined every week by current Wesleyan Athletic Director and former head football coach, Mike Whalen. Each week, Coach and I will interview some of your favorite former Cardinals and find out exactly what they've been up to. Without further ado, it's time to check in with the coach, Mike Whalen. Coach, we've got another former baseball player on our podcast tonight. Super excited to hear from tonight's guest. He's going to let us know about everything that goes on inside the dugout, if you will, at Wesleyan, uh, playing for Coach Woodworth. Also, we're going to talk a lot about what he's doing right now, which is pretty exciting as uh, this young man is an up-and-coming doctor, and he's got some experience at the highest level, including being on the sidelines with the NFL's Carolina Panthers. Tell everyone about tonight's guest. Yeah, so really excited to have Julian with us tonight. Uh, he, uh, uh, right when I came back to Wes in, in, uh, in 2010, had a chance to watch him play varsity baseball and Dresser Diamond. And, uh, you know, I think still, uh, you know, career record holder for doubles. Uh, I think he still owns many of those records. And, uh, you know, he says he was a couple push-ups short of uh, making those doubles home runs. But, uh, you know, we both know the uh, – the dimensions of that field are, are, uh, are, are, are way out there. So you, you really got to, you really got to get it out of the park. But I remember him uh, as a, as a fantastic hitter and uh, really excited to catch up with Julian tonight. And, and, and Julian Sonnenfeld has taken that competitiveness from baseball and he's shifted it towards his, uh, his career in medicine and he's going to do great things. He's already doing great things. Just finishing up his, his fellowship with a, uh, an elbow and shoulder um, physician who is the lead physician for the Carolina Panthers. We're going to talk to him about that. But first things first, we're going to talk to Mike O'Brien about how you can stay connected on our podcast. You can stay connected by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Wes underscore athletics and on Facebook at Wesleyan.athletics. You can also subscribe to Chris and Coach Beyond the Bosco on Apple Podcasts, and you can contact us directly by emailing athletics at Wesleyan.edu. That's it, Coach. There's nothing left to do now except for to welcome in tonight's guest, class of 2011, former Wesleyan baseball standout, current physician, Julian Sonnenfeld. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Chris and Coach Beyond the Box, where your only Wesleyan athletics podcast. Joined, as always, by the coach, former Wesleyan head football coach and current Wesleyan athletic director, Mike Whalen, the uh, producer. Mike O'Brien, I'm Chris Grace, and tonight our guest class of 2011, former Wesleyan baseball player. Currently, he's a doctor who is, uh, who is in his fellowship performing uh, surgeries on elbows and other joints involving some athletes right now. He's going to tell you all about that, but first things first, I want to welcome in tonight's guest, Julian Sonnenfeld is with us. Julian, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I, it's definitely a great opportunity and an honor. You've had some, uh, some good guests on here, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to to talk about things. Yeah, you know, Julian, what we like to do every week is, um, and, and we're going to have plenty of time talking about your Wesleyan baseball experience, but before we get into that, I want to know how did Julian end up in Middletown? How did Julian become a Cardinal? Tell us your story about uh, how, how you ended up at Wesleyan. Yeah, um, you know, to be honest with you, and I'm, I'm sure this is a common answer, but I didn't know Wesleyan existed before um, I got a letter in the mail uh, uh, from uh, uh, Mark Woodworth um, uh, saying and that he was interested in having me come and visit. Um, I had uh, done the showcase uh, circuit um, uh, for baseball 
trying to go to some Ivy League schools. I wanted to get a good education and still play baseball. Um, and I think I was at the Princeton Showcase uh, when uh, Coach McCarthy, who uh, was a assistant coach at, uh, for baseball at the time, um, I think had seen me. I had never spoken to him at the showcase, but uh, I think he relayed the information to Woody um, and uh, uh, I got that letter in the mail. Um, and it was the only handwritten uh, letter that I had gotten from any of the uh, coaches um, uh, that I had spoken to. And, and uh, it, was, uh, it was personal and it kind of grabbed my attention and I went immediately to the website and I noticed there was no dugouts. And I said, this, is, this has got to be a joke. Um, and, uh, but uh, um, lo and behold, I, I visited uh, the campus with my dad and my uncle, actually. Um, and when I, when I got there, um, uh, it was for one of the games. And, and I walk up, and I'm so excited to introduce myself to Woody. Uh, and he had no idea who I was. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, after... Um, you know, after seeing the campus and, and getting to know everybody there, and I did an overnight stay, um, I, I, there was no there was no way I could turn that place down. Um, it, it was uh, it was perfect, and it kind of like it it fits. It's like a it's like a, a shoe that fits fits perfectly. You just knew right away when you when I stayed there overnight and I hung out with the baseball guys. I, I was with Bryce Kelly and Adam Gomez. I'll, I'll never forget that night, and uh, uh, they stole me. And so so. Uh... You know, talk talk to our our listeners about uh, you know your impressions. You you know you mentioned that you looked up online you, you, and you didn't see any dugouts. And obviously, there's you know you can't put permanent dugouts in the smack in the center of campus. Uh, but you know, talk about you know just you know when you when you walked on campus and and you know to to see that environment and people sitting on the hill and you know the the whole deal. Yeah, that was um, it's it's you. There's no way to really. Um, portray the the environment on online. There's no, you can't get that feeling until you get there, um, and 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 feel the the energy. Um, whether it's a football game or a baseball game, for baseball, um, exactly like you said, coach. There's a lot. There was all those the, the the alumni. There were current students. There were parents. There were people from Middletown all on that hill, and it feels like a stadium. Um, you know, we always were told that. Uh, Wesleyan baseball games had the highest um, uh, capacity crowds, I guess, uh, uh, for D3, just because of all the bystanders and everybody walking by, um, either going to class or just uh, uh, walking, you know, in the outfield. It was, it's, it's, it's a great place because there's a lot of tradition. Um, and uh, you look at uh, College Row and right field, and I always tried to yank the ball out to the chapel. Um, uh, <laughs> in College Row, uh, there, there was a lot, there's a lot of tradition. And then Seeing the, the baseball field get, you know, transitioned into a, a football field every year is just, uh, it was fun. It was, and then as the baseball, you know, a part of the baseball team was working the football games. So there was, uh, there was so it's just, it, it was, it's a, it's a nice um, uh, family feel, tradition, uh, and it's, it's great to be a part of it, to be honest. It's, it's great to be a part of the history there. You know, Julian, as someone who, my first experience was calling a Wesleyan baseball game was my first time ever at Dresser Diamond or, you know, Andrews Field, if you want to call it for football or, you know. Um, and my first take was how, uh, first of all, I love baseball stadiums. I love going to every baseball park, minor league, major league, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country. But my first experience was like, wow, this is so cool. It's like a natural 
amphitheater feel to it because you have the hills and, and, you know, like the natural kind of stadium seating feel. What was it like for you the first time that you, you played there? I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but you're right. I mean, it feels a little hokey. It feels a little field of dreams at first, right? When you, when you see it, when you see the pictures, you're like, what is this little league? You know, there's, there's not even dugouts, yeah. you know, you've got Woody sitting on a water cooler and, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, you're basically like in a field and if you build it, they will come. But then yeah. when, when it's, when there's people there, it's a whole different deal. Yeah. So uh, I, it's funny you say that because when I first, um, uh, when I first played there, first of all, the fences are so deep that, that there's, Huge. you know, yeah, yeah, there was, I mean, it was tough hitting a home run there. Um, but uh, uh, my first game, I realized that you couldn't hide. Um, and most of the, uh, most of my teammates would, uh, would can definitely vouch for the fact that, uh, I got, you know, ticked off when things didn't go right, uh, on the field. So, uh, if things didn't go right on the field, you can't hide in the dugout. And, uh, that was, uh, that was the first moment where I realized that, you know, you really gotta, everything you're doing is in public, even the signs going down to third base coach, Woody couldn't hide those. Um, so, you know, the signs going out to the players had to be hidden from uh, Woody going out to Manzo at their base. So to me, that was, that's the thing that I, I think about all the time is that, uh, you know, you're, you're going to the dugout and everybody's looking at you. Yeah. I broadcast the games from right behind home plate. So I, I understand when you say that everyone can hear everything that's going on there. You, can, uh, <laughs> yeah. you get to know where your mute button is at certain times during the game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we just talked about Mark Woodworth long time, manager slash you know head coach of the Wesleyan baseball team played on the Cardinal team under Costi that went to the College World Series um every baseball guy we've had on has stories and, and has their own you know take but what was it like for you playing for a guy like that that's just so different man I mean in in the best way possible but there's really you know everyone has that one guy he's like the most unique dude and I don't know how to describe him other than just he's just He's just a unique guy. He's just like that guy. So talk to me, talk to me about your experience playing for Woody. Yeah. He, um, uh, he was like a chameleon to me. Um, and, uh, cause he was, he was able to, um, uh, well, he pushed my buttons a lot, uh, but he pushed them uh, in a way to probably get the most out of me. Um, and I probably wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have done as well as I did in my sophomore, junior and senior years if, uh, if, if it wasn't for him. At the time, I didn't feel that way, but looking back at it, there's no way it could have happened. Um, and there's, you know, he 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 speaks to the tradition of Wesleyan baseball. You know, if you look at Coach Costi, um, and unfortunately he passed recently, and I was sorry to hear that, but he he was around for so long, um, keeping that tradition. And you know, Woody just carried on uh, that tradition. He he never wanted to let it go. The, the uniforms felt like they were from 1914 and he could have probably changed the uniforms a million times, but he didn't want it. Um, and the hat, you know, he had uh, such a, a romance with the, the hats and the W on the hat that nobody else could have them. Even the bookstore wouldn't sell those hats. Um, so, <laughs> um, How about the I socks? Did, you can't forget the socks. And the socks. Well, the socks, yeah, the socks happened, I think my junior year, I don't know. I think I got to blame Joey Jama on that one, but uh, somehow we all ended with ended up with our sock stuff, and some of us looked better than others. Ryan Coffey. 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, but Woody, um, you know, there's, I can go on forever about Woody, but Woody, um, Woody had a way, uh, Woody had a way of, of getting the best out of everybody. Um, uh, and, uh, related to everybody in some way. And you know what? He loosens you up a little bit just by looking at him and he gives you a wink or, or a nod or something. He, he was down to earth. And, uh, I think that was, uh, the refreshing part. Here's my, my thing with, with Woody is there are very few people who are thoughtful, funny, and when you know when it's time that he's serious, right? Yeah. I think there's this yeah. natural tendency. I battle with it with him. He's got a great sense of humor and he's so creative that you almost want to take him for granted. Then you realize there's a little switch that gets flipped and he is deathly serious. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, it, I, I can't, you, you explained it perfectly there because it's, um, and he was very, uh, Woody was not afraid to make, um, sudden decisions impulsively, basically. Very bold. Um, yeah, very bold. Um, uh, and he wasn't afraid to shake it up. Um, you know, throwing me from the infield into the outfield uh, was probably the best move anybody could have made for me. I was, uh, I was making so many errors in the infield that I couldn't think about hitting. And he finally just, without even telling me, which was also probably a good move because I would have gotten into my head, he stuck me in the outfield. And from then on, uh, I didn't really think about anything other than hitting, which is, you know, a big joke to everybody uh, at, uh, on the baseball team. But that's probably why uh, I did so well in my, in my junior year, sophomore, junior year. So, um, you know, th that, that part of Woody is great. I mean, there's so many, you know, and then there's so many stories of Woody, uh, you know, uh, with our 12-hour trips. Uh, he booked trains uh, for us in my freshman and sophomore year going from uh, Flagstaff, Arizona to LA. And I, I don't know if you've ever taken a, an Amtrak 12 hour trip. Uh, it's, it's, it was tough. Um, and, <laughs> and then walking through the cabins and looking at all the players trying to get sleep underneath the chairs and then seeing Woody sleeping underneath one of the chairs with his jacket over his head. It, it, I'll never get some of these things out of my mind. So uh, but uh, those are all the, the great memories that I have of uh, Wesleyan baseball. So that's interesting, uh, Julian, you say that uh, in terms of, you know, moving you from the infield to the outfield because he, he did the opposite with Kyle Weiss, right? Because we had Kyle on and he, he, he was, you know, on, this, on, the, on the spring trip, he, he uh, takes him out on the, in the parking lot, hits some ground balls and then says, <laughs> okay, you're starting at shortstop next day, you know? I mean, that's just vintage. I vividly remember that. And, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I think it probably had, you know, it just depended on what van you ended up in uh, <laughs> after, after the game. And I think it just so happened that Kyle ended up in Woody's truth van and he was at shortstop the next day. So um, a lot of us, a lot, a lot of us avoided that van and, and I didn't want to play shortstop. So I stayed out of that van. So, <laughs> so we, we talked a lot about your baseball time and we shared, we shared a little bit. So, so talk about, you know, how, how going to Wesley, when you were at Wesley, did you know that, that medicine was something that you wanted to go into right away? Or when did that, when did you develop that, uh, that desire to go into medicine? Yeah. Um, you know, my, uh, and I, I kind of have this, uh, the, the, the answer to this memorized with all the interviews I've been on throughout my training, but, cause that's always been a question that's been asked to me, but, 
in all seriousness, my, my parents are, are not in medicine. I actually have nobody in medicine um, in my family. So it really wasn't like a, a, a you know, passed down from generation to generation. I, I had a, a, a job in the, in the summer, um, actually during, uh, during high school, um, where I was a security guard at a, a local community hospital. It's a small little hospital. Um, and I wasn't qualified. Uh, all the security guards there were like ex-cops and, and they knew like what they were doing. I don't know how I got the job, but um, I worked the night shift and uh, nobody wanted to do it. And I was pretty much alone at night. Um, and somehow I kind of, I became buddy, buddy with um, one of the overnight uh, on-call surgeons. And it, it interested me. I knew I was good at science and um, I didn't have a knack for, you know, the architecture, which is what my father did. Uh, and still does, but uh, so I, I found my way into the operating room one night when it was really quiet. Uh, he, the surgeon uh, let me, you know, kind of just stand in the corner and, and see what was going on, and I was kind of hooked from there. Um, it's kind of a crazy story, but I, I don't know, you know, I knew I liked science, but I didn't know I liked medicine and surgery until then. So once I, once I found that this was probably something that I would want to do um, uh, for the rest of my life, I, I started pursuing it. I started you know, recognizing what were the requirements and, and how did I, how would I get to the next level? There were so many stepping stones along this, this, this path uh, that I needed to know what was going to come next. And, and there was nobody to really tell me that because I had nobody uh, in my parents. I had no brothers or sisters that, that did this. Um, so uh, that's really, I mean, that's really how I got into medicine. And then surgery itself was kind of a no brainer once I got to med uh, medical school, um, you know, the decision-making tree goes from medicine to surgery. Um, and I just knew I couldn't sit around and not do anything with, you know, with my hands. I had to, I had to do stuff and then fix things. And um, surgery was just a natural fit for me. And so, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of obviously the sports background and, and, and obviously your interest in baseball and throwing mechanics and all that kind of stuff, did that, did that kind of cross over into into your into your uh, medical journey? Oh, for sure. Um, I think early on in medical school, I wanted to, I resisted the idea of going into orthopedics just because of all of uh, my my sports background. I, wa I wanted to do something different, and it just I just kept getting um, pulled back into it because I saw the orthopedists, the residents, and the fellows just so happy with what they were doing every day. And, and then I, I was, you know, I had a natural, uh, you know, uh, affinity for uh, the types of cases that were going on. And it, it was just, it, it just came easy to me because of my sports background. Um, and then ultimately going into shoulder elbow surgery and, and sports medicine this year uh, down here in Charlotte, um, uh, it, it, having that sports background and, and knowing how to interact with the team. Um, you know, what it's like to travel to away games, um, all those little things that um, I experienced at Wesleyan helped with being a team physician. Uh, because uh, in residency, I was a team physician for uh, many high schools in New York and New Jersey. Um, a couple of the uh, uh, baseball teams, Rockland Boulders, and, and some of the minor league teams. Um, and, and to know how to handle that environment, it, it, you have a little bit of an advantage um, uh, with that. So before we, before we get into your experience with the Carolina Panthers, I want to go back and, and just, just um, give us, give us kind of, you know, some of your most memorable moments as a Wesleyan baseball player, you know, whether, you know, first 
overall can be home or away, and then your best moment on on uh, on uh, Jurassic Diamond on Andrews Field. Um, so you know, some of my fondest memories, and I I, I still remember. Uh, I was like wide-eyed and bushy-tailed when when we were freshmen, and I was flying across the country to go play baseball. That was the coolest thing. Walking out into Occidental Field um, with the team and uh, trying to, you know, fight for a spot to, to get on. Uh, I was just uh, starstruck. And, and it was, you know, uh, looking back at it, it and as, as the years had gone on, you know, I got better and better, but that was, that still sticks in my head, just being able to, that's, that's such a, um, uh, a unique experience uh, from D3 to D1, being able to fly across the country like that and spend two weeks, one week in Arizona, one week in California, playing baseball and not worrying about a thing. Um, that I'll never take for granted. So that's those spring trips are the the things that stick in my head the most. Um, uh, I think um, uh, making it to the NESCACs, uh in my sophomore year um, uh, was uh, an awesome experience. Um, you know, playing underneath uh, uh, Drew Dominguez, who was an awesome leader. He led by example. He you kind of you always strive to be like him. And I still keep in touch with them to this day. All those guys. And that's the other thing. There's no one day or one experience that I think about when I think about Wesleyan baseball. I was good, but it was more, I, I think about the experiences I have with my teammates um, and how I keep in touch with them to this day. I was just on the phone with Derek Dettori last night and I'll get random texts from Johnny Sheehan and Kevin Volpe and Joey Jama. Joey Jama just had a baby. Justin Frere, you know, it's the list goes on and it's, these are guys that you'll never lose that friendship. And it's all because of sports. It's all because of baseball there. So. And, you know, coach talked about this a little bit, but you, you, uh, you have a great experience playing baseball and then you transition into medicine, you know, but as anyone who plays any college sport, incredibly competitive, um, and there's no field more competitive than medicine. You talk about right now, you know, you're, 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 you're I don't want to say taking your lumps, but you know, you're, you're going through the process trying to earn your stripes. How competitive has it been? How, how has that transition been from, from, you know, being a college athlete to, to medicine in terms of the competitive aspect of it? Cause all the people you're seeing on a day to day basis are people who ultimately want the same thing you want. Right. And everyone's not going to get it. Yeah. Um, it's uh it's tough. Um, this is, this is a tough career, uh, but it's, it's worth it. Um, and I can say that now three months away from basically completing my training. Uh, it's been, I was just talking to my wife the other night and I, I, you know, you're in the, while you're in the process of this training, you don't, you don't stop to think about it. You just, you keep going, you keep your head down. Uh, and then I think last night or a couple nights ago, I said, you know, I can't believe this has been 10 years of just training. Um, you know, uh, just training. Uh, it, it's just, it's a lot, but it's, um, the competitiveness is uh, uh, important to take into consideration because uh, you can easily get down on yourself throughout this whole um, timeline of medical school. And then from, you know, getting into medical school is, is not easy. Uh, and then once you're in medical school, you take a deep breath and then four years later, all right, I got to go to residency, whatever residency you choose. Okay, so now you're holding your breath. 
And then after residency, you get, you're in there for three to five years. You say, all right, I can relax a little bit. And then all of a sudden you got to apply to fellowship. It just keeps going and going. I think what sports and what baseball, especially baseball, because you're failing more than you're succeeding in baseball. Um, I think what that did was it, it kind of keeps you level headed this whole time because it's not a hundred percent success throughout this entire path. You have to be okay with some failures, um, even in surgery. Um, and, uh, I think it's, it's, you know, one of the things that I always thought about, even when I was playing baseball was, um, not getting too high and excited with the good things that happened and also not getting too low and negative with the bad things that happened. I think that's helped me, um, up to this point. Um, because if you don't go to those extremes, you kind of stay level-headed and you can get through, um, successfully. And Julian, talk a little bit about, um, you know, just, just how, how Wesleyan prepares you, you know, for, for medical school. You, you talked about how competitive it is, you know, to get in and, 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 and those kind of challenges. Talk about, you know, the, the, you know, when you look back now on, 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 on the, the, your, your undergraduate degree, you know, how that positioned you to be successful, to get to where you are today. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, liberal arts in general, um, I think is a valuable, uh, asset to, uh, a doctor and a surgeon. Um, I, uh, I have Wesleyan to thank for, um, uh, the diversity and the, um, just the ability to think outside of the box that I, I didn't have that ability before I showed up to Wesleyan. Um, you know, uh, even the science class is, uh, that I took, uh, made me really, you know, think critically. Um, and I think that's what, I think that's what Wesleyan really does. Um, on top of that, what I think is probably the most valuable is the ability to be a successful student at Wesleyan and also be a good athlete. Um, and not every school allows that. Uh, I, I, um, I could be, I was as nerdy as I wanted to be, uh, during the day. And then I could just flip the switch and, and go hit a couple doubles in the afternoon. Um, and then the next morning I did it again. Um, and if you didn't want to be as nerdy as me, you didn't have to be, um, uh, that, that's what I liked about Wesleyan. And then on top of that, there's, you can find whatever type of person you were, um, which is what, what I didn't realize until I got there, there was another person there that was going to be similar to you. You were going to find somebody that you had something in common with. And I, ha I had groups of friends that were in the science groups. And I had the, you know, the, there was a pre-med answer group I was part of. And then I had the baseball team and I, I wasn't a Deke member, but I was always hanging out with those guys. You know, it, it was a great environment. I think that, um, I think the ability to, uh, be diverse and the, um, the freedom of, uh, of, you know, kind of developing your independence at Wesleyan, that's really what helped me get to where I am today because it, it doesn't just happen overnight. And, and those, those doubles would have been, would have been bombs. <laughs> yes. You know, you don't understand. I mean, that's, that yard is unfair and the wind, never, yeah, yeah, the yeah. wind never blows out because because of all the buildings, you know, I mean, there, there's, there, that is as difficult of a college yard as you're going to find. 
that uh yeah it's, it's, uh, my buddies joke with me it's uh i was a couple push-ups short of a, of a home run so uh most of those were all doubles and it's funny you know the doubles it's i joke about it because it's kind of funny um that yeah, all the doubles things that came 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 about that year but that was probably the the number one question that i got asked uh on all of my um, medical school interviews and all of my residency interviews and even including fellowship interviews because it ends up on my my cv uh all the the doubles records because you gotta you gotta put it on there um and uh <laughs> the, the, these program directors don't, they don't care how many publications you have they want to know what is this what's going on with the doubles <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you tell them i had warning track power so i had to that's right that's i right. had to go gap to gap you got to know yep. what you got in there and you know no one likes long fly ball outs that's just that's just a man who knows his strengths there was probably a couple in there that could have been triples that uh, I think I had Woody hold me up at, at second base. So. <laughs> you don't want to make the first out at third, so it was probably just That's a right. baseball move. That's right. So, so take us through, you know, kind of the just, uh, you know, so you, you graduate from West, and then just kind of talk us through your progression so, so our listeners have a better idea of your path, and then I, wanna, I want you to, to, to get to the – the opportunity you had with the Carolina Panthers and, and we can get into that. But just before you do that, just kind of take us through your, your, your journey a little bit and kind of to where you are today. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, at Wesleyan, I, I made sure I took all of the pre-med requirements and, and the, um, the community health, uh, the, the health uh, advisory committee there was really helpful. Um, and I'm sure that they've uh, developed even more um, uh, strategies for helping uh, pre-med students at Wesleyan. But they were really helpful in getting me on the right track there because it's, it's, it's a whirlwind of requirements that you need to complete um, at Wesleyan. So once all those were, were you know, taken care of and I, I took the MCAT and, 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 and so forth, uh, I uh, applied. I, I took a, a, a kind of a, uh, an unorthodox, uh, well, not really unorthodox, but I, I was in the, the minority of uh, applicants where I was going straight in. Um, I know nowadays, and even at that time, time, the, 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 the more common path was taking a year or two off uh, for whatever uh, you wanted to do, whether it was travel, uh, research, and, you know, for any of the listeners out there, that's, that is totally fine. I, I probably, uh, I could have used a year or two looking back at it, but um, I went straight through, um, I got into Tufts uh, Medical School, which was an awesome, uh, awesome school. I was so happy to, to, to join um, and on top of that, it was another uh, NESCAC school. I think Wesleyan had something to do with that. Um, uh, and they, they always busted my chops to, to ask me if I was uh, going to root for the Jumbos or not. And uh, absolutely not. Um, uh, and then so uh, medical school uh, took me to residency um, at Columbia in, uh, in New York City uh, in orthopedics. Um, and that was five years. Uh, and I just completed that uh, last June uh, 2020. The COVID uh, pandemic up in New York City was interesting, uh, but that's uh, um, that you know that affected probably the last few months of my residency, but not too much. Uh, and then I uh, chose to do a fellowship um, uh, to to specialize uh, in shoulder elbow surgery um, and sports medicine. So that brought me down to uh, this is uh, Ortho Carolina down in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's a year fellowship and, and all of the orthopedic fellowships um, are one year in length. 
Um, and then after that, it's, uh, you can either do a second fellowship or you go out into practice. I actually, uh, I'm heading back up to Long Island, uh, where my wife is from, um, uh, and I joined a, uh, a private practice, well, it's pretty much a private demics group um, under Northwell Health um, and Orlin and Cohen. Uh, so I'll be practicing there starting in uh, September. Um, so that's the, it's, it's, that's the path. <laughs> so, you know, in that realm, are, are you going to try to focus in on, on sports-based surgeries? I mean, I, I would assume so. Most, I mean, shoulder and elbow, most of those are going to be people who injure them, you know, in, in, in sports ways. So is that something that you want to focus in on? So one of the reasons, I mean, I love sports medicine um, I, and, and shoulder and elbow surgery kind of uh, meshes well with that. Um, I love sports medicine surgery because it also encompasses, um, uh, you know, pediatric uh, sports medicine. And it, it can also, I can also be operating on the same day uh, on a 13 year old um, with a medial epicondyle fracture uh, from overuse, or I could be operating on, a, you know, an 85-year-old with a rotator cuff uh, a problem. So th to me, that was, uh, that was more appealing uh, in the sports medicine realm than anything else. And then on top of that, being able to, to, to be on the sidelines uh, at a high school. I loved high school, covering high school football in residency. Um, there was something about it that just brought me back to, yeah. you know, playing high school football. Um, uh, and you, you look, you, you watch the games from a different perspective. Um, uh, I was, I caught myself watching the game and I'm saying to myself, uh, you know, is that guy across the field, did, did he get clocked enough where I, I, I got to worry about a concussion on him? Uh, whereas, you know, uh, before going through residency, I would never watch a football game like that. Um, so it's, it's interesting how um, your mentality changes, but uh Sports surgery in general, yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be a, a big part of my uh, practice uh, up in Long Island. And then orthopedics, uh, you know, doing residency in orthopedics allows you to uh, be able to treat a lot of uh, trauma, so ankle fractures and, um, uh, you know, hip fractures and stuff like that. So, uh, but hopefully a majority of my practice will be uh, sports, shoulder and elbow, yeah. And then, and then uh, you know, you, you mentioned that in, in, in our, in our pre-recording, uh, that, that you, um, as part of this fellowship, you, you had the opportunity to work with the Carolina Panthers. So why don't you kind of talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, uh, Dr. Uh, Pat Connor, um, who is the, uh, the head team physician for the, uh, the Panthers, um, he is a, a large part of the fellowship down here. And, and one of the, um, the, the perks of, of coming down here to Ortho Carolina is, uh, as a sports medicine fellow, you get to join uh, Dr. Connor um, on the sideline. Um, now, this year uh, with COVID, it was a little bit more difficult um, just because of the uh, the protocols for testing. And um, they, I was getting you know COVID tested every day just to to get into the training room. Um, so it was a little bit more limited with how um, how we could get in there. But uh, it was a great experience to see this high level. Um, you know, these high level professional athletes um, uh, in that environment and how that's handled. You know, what I, what I take away from this is, is, and Dr. Connor always says this, 10% of this is, is medicine. Um, a lot of it is knowing how to, how to navigate the politics of, uh, at the NFL, uh, different players, agents, 
the general manager, uh, answering to the head coach and, and to the, the, the owner. And those are things that you, you don't learn overnight. Um, it was it was a great experience just, uh, you know, kind of being at Dr. Connor's hip and just kind of watching him, uh, how, how he handled things. And, and I went to the, uh, he brings us to a bunch of the away games. I went to the Kansas City Chiefs game. And, you know, as Dr. Connor is in, in the locker room, uh, you know, assessing one of the players, I, I'm, I'm the guy on the sideline, you know, now uh, making sure that everything is, is going to be okay. And, and it was kind of a, a quick um, switch uh, uh, to go from, you know, residency to, uh, you know, now you're the, you're the guy on the sideline that uh, would have to run out there and uh, take care of, you know, whatever, a shoulder dislocation, an ACL or, or what have you. Um, so it, it was a great experience uh, this year and um, uh, something that I'll definitely take with me and um, how I take care of the, uh, the teams that I, uh, I'll take care of going forward, whether it's, you know, high school uh, or D3, uh, D1, whatever it is. Now, awesome. I, I just wonder if you, had, if you ever had the chance to ask Dr. Connor that if he knew that Cam Newton was going to come sign with the Patriots. And, and if he yeah. did, did, did he – did he purposely not repair his shoulder correctly so that, he, you know, so that so many balls were getting thrown in the dirt? Coach, I can't tell you uh, certain things. And I know, <laughs> I, know, I know what Cam's uh, shoulder looks like, but I can't tell you anything. Okay. All right. All right. You know, can you imagine, Julian, can you imagine living a life where this team that, uh, that you may or may not have rooted for growing up all of a sudden wins like eight Super Bowls, and then all of a sudden they have one year where they don't have a winning season? And the whole world comes to an end. Can you imagine what that would be like? That must be just uh, a, just a terrible a terrible situation. I can't imagine those types of stuff. I, I can't imagine either. Yeah. Do you, do you know Do you know who Chris's favorite team is, Julian? I don't know. He's wearing a certain hat on his head. So that that should give you an indication who my football team is. <laughs> J E T S Jets Jets yeah. Jets. Yeah, that's, that's, difficult. This might be life. the end of our conversation tonight. <laughs> just as difficult of a lifestyle decision. Yeah, but so I had to, that, it, go ahead. No, no, no you, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. You had no choice. Probably it's probably a family thing. If you're a Mets no, fan, no. On the Jeff contrary, fan. my dad's a New York Football Giants fan, and oh, like the Brooklyn God. Dodgers, I just made these decisions because I was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but what it should tell you, though, if you understand psychology, is that I am a loyalist. Is what that should tell you. That's right. And That's then right. I made you're a bad still wearing decision. that hat. I made a bad decision. I stuck with it. I'm okay with this one. The other one. Yeah. Yeah, it no, was a really bad decision. I could have been a New York Giants fan very easily. Enough about me. All right, here's what I want to ask you, Julian. Um, so we do this every week. You know, as a guy who's, who's relatively fresh out of Wesleyan, you know, in the grand scheme of things, compared to a lot of our guests for sure, um, if you could go back and, t and, and, you know, talk to, you know, Julian circa 2009 to 2010, what would you tell the current Wesleyan student athletes that you know now – that you didn't know back when you were experiencing it? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why the first thing that comes to my mind is don't, don't swing at so many curveballs, but. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I'm harnessing my inner Woody. Um, uh, you know, I think it was the, uh, to, um, you know, uh, take advantage of every opportunity that you're given. Uh, and don't let anything kind of go by at the wayside and, and say it, it, that, that, that'll come by uh, again, because um, uh, it's, 
uh, if there's, it's almost like, uh, I learned this in, in residency, maybe a little bit too late, but um, I carry it with me now. It's, it's always, you almost anytime anybody gives you an opportunity to do anything, it's almost just, just say yes. Um, that will probably, you know, uh, teeter out uh, a little bit later in my career. But for now, while I have the energy and the, the, uh, the youth, uh, I'm going to keep saying yes, whether it's, you know, do you want to write this paper? Do you want to uh, do this research project? Do you want to run this extra sprint? Do you want to hit an extra ground ball? Always use, um, uh, uh, always use that opportunity to, to make yourself better. And, uh, you know, think about it later. Don't analyze it in the situation. Just kind of go with it. Um, I think that that's, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I, I think um, that would have helped the Julian in 2009 and 2010. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we all want to overanalyze things and, and we want to make things more complicated. That's why you just got to, you know, get ahead in the count and, and search the fastball. That's it's right. About, it's all about hunting the fastball. That's right. All right, so, so Coach, it's that time of the night. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're winding things down here, Julian. We appreciate your time, but before we let you go, we got to do what we do every week. Coach and I are going to bounce back and forth. Ten Wesleyan-based questions. We call it the gauntlet. If you're ready to go, we're ready to go. Julian, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready for the gauntlet. All right, I'm going to start this one off, Coach. I, I want to know, Julian, who's your favorite professor at Wesleyan? Um, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to give it a tie. Uh, Richie Adelstein, by far. Uh, a baseball enthusiast. I moved him. And uh, out of his house, I remember as a freshman with Johnny Shee, uh, he's the best. Uh, and I didn't even know what I was doing with economics, but he was my favorite professor. And then uh, Gloucester Aaron, um, I, I need to give him a shout out because he's the, uh, he's the reason why I had uh, the, the great publications I had uh, going into medical school. Great. Who was the most influential person in your life? Oh, my dad, uh, hands down. If I could be uh, the man, uh, the husband and the father that he, he was, and he is, um, half of that, I I'll be happy. All right. I think I know this one, so I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Um, what was your favorite job while you were a student at Wesleyan in the summer? Hmm. It could be high school, um, whatever you want, high school or college. Uh, working at Reed as Italian ISIS. Nice. <laughs> you got to go coach. You got to go half custard, half Italian ice. And that is just I, game over. I made a mean gelati. Oh, game nice. over. Nice. Nice. All right. If you were forced to cheer for one, would it be Amherst or Williams? Um, oh, God. Uh, you asked this to everybody? Did yeah. you, have you gotten a real answer? Has everybody just said no? No, pretty much. Well, We've probably gotten like two answers. Yeah. Um, well, if I'm forced to choose, uh, they're both purple and they got some weird mascots. Um, even uh, even have, weirder since you graduated. Yeah. I know. I heard. I heard. I, I heard. Uh, that's why I love the Cardinals. Um, uh, I'd have to choose. If I had to root for one, I'd root for Williams because I, I really despised when I played at Amherst and I was in left field and, and those, those uh, Amherst uh, – crazies were in left field heckling me so I, i'd have to root for williams <laughs> all right fair enough when you were uh, oh before we get there by the way how ugly are tough's baseball uniforms oh god 
the 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 brown and the blue and the ugh. All right, just I just had to get that out there. Sorry, coach. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> when you were f- when you were five years old, Julian, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, that's an easy one. Uh, I and I still I think I still want to be this uh, a professional bass fisherman. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I still have that aspiration. Somehow, it's just going to happen for me. Do you, Do you fish a lot in your spare time? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do uh, fly fish and um, uh, a lot of fishing down here, which has been great. Um, and it just so happened, I mean, bass fishing down here is, is a profession, um, which is, uh, it, it's been funny and, and, and great to meet. I've, I've met so many guys on, uh, you know, the fishing network and ESPN that, that have, you know, hurt their rotator cuff or have medial epicondylitis that come into the office and, and they're telling me about their bass boat and where the good spots are. So it's, uh, it's been fun and it's actually reinvigorated me to become a professional bass fisherman <laughs> now, now i gotta ask you did you uh did you have any in-depth uh fishing conversations with uh uh joe fountain oh i don't think so oh. that's funny i mean i'm surprised i didn't i i i he's no, a, I he's a so. yeah he's a big he's a big fisherman so, i'll have to reach out to him yeah well he's gonna he, he listens to all these podcasts so as soon as you know if i didn't ask that question i would have got yelled at so I had, to, I had to make sure I asked that question. All right. So uh, what's the best piece of advice you ever received in your life? Um, you know, I think growing up, uh, uh, I'm probably paraphrasing it, but essentially stay confident, uh, but be humble. Perfect. Yeah. In, in three words, describe your Wesleyan experience. Oof. Um, I think uh, preparation would be one. Um, uh, memories would be number two, and, and uh, uh, friendship would be number three. Great. What do you miss most about Wes? And that, yeah, I, I knew you were going to ask this somehow, but uh, it's uh, it's my friends. Um, it's it's you know living with your friends. Uh, uh, you know, uh, going to class with your friends, eating dinner with you, you know, like turning off your brain and just kind of hanging out with your friends all the time. I think that you, you don't realize that you'll never have that again. It's just, it doesn't happen. Um, uh, only in the movies. Uh, so, uh, I think that's the, the thing that, uh, I'll miss the most. What's the best Wesleyan highlight from the last 20 years? Um, uh, if you're asking uh, sports, I think the, for me, um, I was so proud to see the, uh, the, the baseball team. And I think it was 2014 and 15, uh, make it so far in the, uh, NCAA tournament. I, I, I was just, I was so happy. I was watching them all on the pod, uh, on the webcasts and I was so happy for Woody and all the players. They made it so far. They made us so proud as, as alumni. I think that was a big highlight. And then the other thing that comes to mind is, uh, for me, is when o- when Obama was uh, speaking in 2008. That was uh, uh, that was an awesome experience, just to to walk around campus uh, as a freshman, seeing that. Great. And uh, who was the West alum you'd most like to have dinner with? Um, so many. Uh, you, you, you know the <laughs> Bradley Whitford. Uh, you probably haven't heard that one. Uh, no, I have not heard that. West Wing. Oh, my. Uh, not, not for that reason. I would love to talk to him about Billy Madison. That's all I want to talk to him about. Nice. 
Nice. That's a great answer. It really is. It really is That's a great you know, answer. We, so we're now, Mike O'Brien would know better. And, you know, typically I don't let Mike O'Brien talk until we're talking about plugging the show, you know. But um, I want to say, Coach, that this is like the 30th episode, maybe something in that range. Obi, what do you think? Am I close? 29, 30? I think this is going to be 30. 30. Okay. So right there. And that's the first, when we get a new answer there, we're doing something right. Cause that's you know, right. don't get me wrong. You know, winning so many Super Bowls that you need more than one hand is impressive for some, you know, and directing and creating a play <laughs> that, you know, you know, wins Oscars and Grammys and, you know, is worth billions of dollars. That's impressive. You know, but it's more impressive when someone has an original answer. So I appreciate you, sir. When I found out he went to Wesleyan, uh, I was I I was so excited. I wanted to. I couldn't wait to meet, and I never got to meet him. So hopefully one day. <laughs> That's great. Well, you survived the gauntlet, Julian. Great job. Thanks. Great That's job. Good. Thanks. It's, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun catching up with you. And uh, again, uh, we will uh, we'll be sure, Coach Woody. Um, you know. Here's all these exciting stories that you shared with us. And uh, again, you know, appreciate, um, you know, your willingness to stay engaged with Wes. And, you know, I, I know that I'm sure there's been, uh, you know, undergrads that are, you know, either thinking about or, or even going to a medical school that have reached out to you. And, and uh, again, you know, I think, you know, when we're, you know, all the little things that we're trying to do differently here, um, you know, to, to, you know, create this culture of excellence in athletics, you know, is, it's, it's so critically uh, important for us to have the alumni engagement from people like you, which is, uh, which is outstanding. So we appreciate it and uh, look forward to uh, staying in touch. And certainly, um, you know, when you get back up uh, here, uh, we expect to see you at uh, homecomings. For sure. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a proud alum, and uh, I really do appreciate you guys asking me to, to, to join you tonight. It, it was a lot of fun. It was nice to reminisce. Great, great. Well, all the best to you and, and your family, and uh, we'll definitely look forward to staying in touch. Wrap us up, Coach Grace. Okay, well, that's going to do it for another edition of Kristen Coach Beyond the Box Score. For the coach, Mike Whalen, the producer, Mike O'Brien, and, of course, for our guest class of 2011, future sports doctor extraordinaire. Julian Sonnenfeld. I'm Chris Grace. You've been listening to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score. Till next time. So long, everybody. Coach, we've got a spectacular guest lined up, as always, but uh, it's not too often that we get to have a university president on our podcast, and not just a university president, but a former two-sport athlete at Wesleyan. Pretty exciting guest tonight. Yeah, we're really excited to uh, to have Chris on the show tonight. Uh, uh, he, uh, again, uh, two-sport varsity athlete, played for legendary coaches uh, Herb Kenny and Pete Costacopoulos and uh, has uh, worked his way up through higher education all the way uh, to uh, now his, uh, uh, in his first, or uh, yeah, finishing his first complete year as, uh, as president uh, at uh, Stetson University. So uh, Chris Rolke, uh, class of uh, 1987, looking forward to uh, hearing from him. Yeah, we look forward to talking to Chris. We're going to talk all about playing for legendary coaches. We're going to talk about kind of how he made his way up the ladder in, in education. But before we do that, we're going to talk to Mike O'Brien. He's going to tell us how you guys can contribute to our podcast. So you can stay connected by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Wes underscore athletics. 
and on Facebook at Wesleyan.Athletics. You can also subscribe to Chris and Coach Beyond the Box Score on Apple Podcasts, and you can contact us directly by emailing athletics at wesleyan.edu. Tell you what, that guy, <laughs> I feel like it must be the same feeling. It's like when a father sees his son starting varsity for the first time, Coach. That's what it feels like to me now when I hear him read those words. He's, I'll tell you, he's come a long way in 30 episodes. He has grown up and he's grown up and he's grown up. But that's enough of that. We don't want to butter him up too much. First things first, it's time to catch up with our guest. He is class of 1987, former basketball and baseball athlete at Wesleyan. He is the current president of Stetson University. He is Chris Relke. Coach, we've got another former baseball player on our podcast tonight. Super excited to hear from tonight's guest. He's going to let us know about everything that goes on inside the dugout, if you will, at Wesleyan, uh, playing for Coach Woodworth. Also, we're going to talk a lot about what he's doing right now, which is pretty exciting as uh, this young man is an up-and-coming doctor, and he's got some experience at the highest level, including being on the sidelines for the NFL's Carolina Panthers. Tell everyone about tonight's guest. Yeah, so really excited to have Julian with us tonight. Uh, he, uh, uh, right when I came back to Wes in, in, uh, in 2010, had a chance to watch him play varsity baseball and dress a diamond. And, uh, you know, I think still, uh, you know, career record holder for doubles. Uh, I think he still owns many of those records. And, uh, you know, he says he was a couple push-ups short of uh, making those doubles home runs. But, uh, you know, we both know the uh, – the dimensions of that field are, are, uh, are, are, are way out there. So you, you really got to, you really got to get it out of the park. But I remember him uh, as a, as a fantastic hitter and uh, really excited to catch up with Julian tonight. And, and, and Julian Sonnenfeld has taken that competitiveness from baseball and he's shifted it towards his, uh, his career in medicine and he's going to do great things. He's already doing great things. Just finishing up his, his fellowship with a, uh, an elbow and shoulder um, physician who is the lead physician for the Carolina Panthers. We're going to talk to you about that. But first things first, we're going to talk to Mike O'Brien about how you can stay connected on our podcast. You can stay connected by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Wes underscore athletics and on Facebook at Wesleyan.athletics. You can also subscribe to Chris and Coach Beyond the Bosco on Apple Podcasts, and you can contact us directly by emailing athletics at Wesleyan.edu. That's it, Coach. There's nothing left to do now except for to welcome in tonight's guest, class of 2011, former Wesleyan baseball standout, current physician, Julian Sonnenfeld. 